Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Peter chapter number 2 is we'll take our text this morning. 1 Peter chapter number 2 we'll be, read the first um, first 8 verses 1 Peter chapter number 2 open your Bibles and uh, let's read the word of God. Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is, believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Father, open our hearts to this truth. We desire it as we ask you for it. We pray that you'd speak into the hearts of every person that's here, saved and unsaved. May we see this truth, God, and may it draw the sinner to repentance, Lord, and the saint to surrender. In all of this, may Christ receive the glory as we pray for the unction to give it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes we're given the task that seems impossible to to do. Um, how do you make more of Jesus? How do you how do you get somebody to see how wondrous and blessed that Christ truly is? Um, it's my assignment this morning, and I hope that it it bears witness in your heart that in leaving here today, you don't you don't you don't leave the same as you arrived. That there's something that stirs in your soul about this man named Jesus. Um, I I remember as a young man, and uh, where's Donna Lester at? I thought I seen her. Take my glasses off. Oh, there you are. You're hiding behind. Okay. I remember when that Donna used to sing a song, and if I, I hope I didn't get this wrong, I remember it in my brain anyway. A song about. Jesus being so precious. And uh, I want to share a thought this morning about the preciousness of Christ. 
The word precious by definition means of greatest value. Of greatest value. Not to be overlooked, not to be set aside, not to be gone past, but something of the greatest value. Of all the disciples, the one that we would think least eloquent in at least his speech was the apostle Peter, the fisherman, the rugged man who in my mind I seem kind of as a large fella and a bit boisterous. We see he's the first one to draw his sword and attempt to take a man's head off when they laid hands on Jesus that night, cut his ear off actually and The Lord had to put it back on. Peter was that man who was willing to stand and certainly after the Holy Spirit had filled their hearts and gave them an unction to preach the word of God, they stood. And even after they had been beaten, they rejoiced for having had the privilege to be beaten. I said all that to say this, you don't typically find those those rough and rugged men, those outdoorsy type, using what J. Vernon McGee said was a woman's term. Precious. I have heard a lot of women use that term, certainly applicable when they use it and it's something expected. But when you hear a man use it, uh, you just think twice. Peter Five times within chapter 1 and 2 only says the word precious. I want to share this morning as best I can to your heart something that's been on mine for the last week or so at least of how precious that Jesus is. When something is more precious than anything else, then it becomes your priority. Jesus told a story about a man that found a pearl one day. It was of great price, but when he saw it, the Bible said that he went home and he sold all that he had. He took the proceeds and he went and bought that one pearl it was precious when I think of the term precious I I certainly think of those things that have a greater value than than other things in life if you had a wedge of gold here and and a quarter you'd have to admit the gold is more precious when I compare one of my grandchildren to one of my fine hunting dogs, they are clearly more precious. When I speak of my wife compared to any other woman on earth, she is more precious. Has meaning, doesn't it? The term has meaning. We understand its meaning, the use of it. And even coming from this this great fisherman, this loud and often forthright 
disciple, he made it very clear that there are some things in this world that are greatly valued and we need to get a hold of it. I'm going to just extract from chapter number one two things and then we'll take our text from chapter number two this morning. Number one, the apostle Peter said that the trial of your faith was precious. The trial of your faith. Now, we see it often as the burden we bear or the cross we carry, but I want you to see the apostle today didn't see it that way. He saw it more as something that was producing something of greater value. It was a a trial of your faith to whom the apostle Peter said is much more precious than gold. Certainly gold being the standard, the currency of that day, it being the thing that was most precious of all. It was, it was the, the very thing that made one rich and another poor. And the apostle Peter would say that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. You say, how can the trial of my faith, that very thing that brings me to tears, that very thing that brings me to heartache, the thing that keeps me awake at night, makes me struggle in my faith and causes me to stretch my heart toward God. How in the world can that be more precious than gold? And the apostle Peter answered his own, his own statement by saying that it produces praise and glory to God. See, the trial of your faith, workers, it works something. It produces something. It's the trial of your faith. It's the stretching of your heart. It's the growing toward Christ that brings to Christ glory and honor and praise to him. And the apostle Peter said, that's a precious thing. That is a precious thing. Don't underestimate what God's doing in your life because I can assure you this, all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. The trial of your faith is precious. But not only the trial of your faith, verse number 19, I want to read this one. He said, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he's speaking now of our redemption and how it was purchased You see, God didn't use the currency of this world to pay my sin debt. God didn't use the things that this world values most to pay my sin debt. What I owed to God, the transgression debt that I couldn't pay myself. No, according to the apostle Peter, he he paid for it with something that was more precious. The blood of Christ. I'd say to you today that the most precious thing that is known to man is the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well, that was something that was supernatural and spiritual. No, brother, he shed it on earth. He bled out on this earth. He gave his life's blood for me. Let me be clear about my redemption. I would have no redemption apart from the blood of Jesus Christ. There was no other currency that God would receive for my sin debt than the blood of his only begotten son. The most precious thing known to man is the blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin 
<laughs> Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm with the apostle Peter. I just want you to know, I believe the blood of Jesus Christ today to be precious. Amen. To be precious. It brings us to chapter number two, and I want to share with you just three things as we look at the three different times that the apostle Peter used the word precious. As you look at this, it's within uh, three or four verses, and he says the word three different times. And each time that he says it, he's referring to Christ himself. He's referring to Jesus Christ as being precious. I want to say today that I believe there's a moving in us this morning. There's something going on in the hearts of those that are here that, in, that, that, that insists to me that he's, he's working in a way that he's trying to get you to see you need this. You need this Christ which can save you. You need this one whose blood above everything else is precious. You need this in your life at this moment. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. You need it right now. You need to know that Jesus Christ is precious. Now I get the part that many sitting here today may be lost, blind to this truth. You're saying, I can't see it. I don't understand it. Listen, when I seen it first, I'm sure I didn't as well but I can tell you for this the very instant it became real in my heart that the only way I could be saved was through Jesus Christ he suddenly became the most precious thing in the world to me he is the only means by which man can be saved no other name given among men just Jesus and the apostle Peter says just three different times concerning how precious that Christ is. Number one, verse number four, if you'll look at it with us, verse number four, the apostle Peter said that Jesus is chosen of God and precious to him. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is precious to God the Father. (laughs) Amen, that supersedes who else he's precious to, by the way. He is the most precious thing that there is. Three different times you'll find in the word of God that God boomed from heaven while Christ was upon the earth. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want you to know that of all the things in this world that Jesus is precious to the Father. You say, why would that be important to me? Because, friend, you're going to stand before God the Father one day and having rejected the most precious thing to him, you will have signed your own death warrant, your own eternity in the flames of that awful place. There is no remedy from hell's flames except for Jesus today. Oh, he's precious to God. He's precious to God. The Bible said that that day, Mary, having received the womb, that she would conceive of the Holy Spirit and bear the Son of God. May I say to you today, the devil's been on his trail ever since. He would even say in the garden, in Genesis chapter number three, those prophetic words, where the Bible said that by his heel, he would crush his head. May I say to you today that Jesus is the most precious thing that there is to God. 
You say, well, I get that part, but I don't understand why it's important. I understand that he's the most precious to God. Listen to me, friend. In the rejection of Jesus Christ, you have done put yourself contrary to God himself. You have already established your position in through all eternity when you say that God, friend, and the sacrifice that he gave through his only begotten son is not the most precious thing to you. I'll tell you right now, when you stand before Christ on that day as a believer and are judged, I'll assure you, the most precious thing to you, to you, to every one of you that have been born again is Jesus Christ. He will be the most precious forever and ever and ever. Jesus Christ is precious to God. The Bible said chosen and precious. Jesus is precious to God. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is he the most precious thing to you? Yep, I heard somebody say amen. I believe that several are struggling this morning and you're struggling because you've put all kinds of things in front of him. And for you to say that he's the most precious to you would mean you'd have to outright lie right now in the church. Hey, preacher, you don't know my life. You can't say that. I don't have to know your life. The Bible said the first verse I read was that you need to get rid of all the hypocrisies. You know what the greatest of hypocrisies is? Is saying you love Jesus but don't love Jesus. People do it all the time. They say that I love Jesus, but they don't serve Jesus. They don't follow Jesus. They don't love Jesus people. They don't go to Jesus' house. They don't read Jesus' word. Let me tell you something. If you don't do anything for Jesus, you don't love Jesus. He ain't the most precious thing to you, but mark it down, friend. He is the most precious thing to God. And he needs to be the most precious thing in your life. Did you know that Jesus supersedes my family? Did you know that Jesus is more precious to me than my wife is? Did you know that Jesus is more precious to me than my children or my grandchildren? You say, how can that be? Because he is more precious to God. He is chosen and precious. Listen to me, friend. The only hope this world has is Jesus. And he is precious. He is precious to God. Oh, if you could grasp this truth this morning that God will honor Jesus Christ above everything else in eternity. The Bible said in the book of Matthew, they'll stand before him and say, but didn't I do all these great things for you? The Bible said he will say unto them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You know why? Because on that day, Roger, he'll honor one thing, and that is his son. Because he, above everything else in your life, is precious. He is precious to God. But not only is he precious to God. The Bible said there in verses number six and seven, five and six maybe, the Bible said in verses number five and six, it begins to talk about something that God is building. He speaks of you and I as being as lively stones. Each one of us, unique in that God has made us just like we are. But what he's doing is building up something that is alive. You know the church of Jesus Christ today ain't dead. You say, how can you say? Because it ain't built of dead materials. 
The only people that are a part of the church of Jesus Christ are those that have been born again, made alive through the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. And because when you are born again, you become a lively stone. You are set in the place that you're supposed to be. And the church of Jesus Christ is alive. But may I say to you that to the church of Jesus Christ, the most precious thing is Jesus To the church, that's us. (laughs) The most precious thing is Jesus. Oh, how it troubles my soul today when men establish a man above Jesus. When men put their pastor above Jesus. When men exalt another human being above Jesus, may I say today, there's no place in this church, there ought be no place in any church for an authority other than the precious Jesus. He's precious to the church today. He's precious to the church. Here's what he said. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And let me stop right there and ask you this morning as the people of God, have you brought your spiritual sacrifice? How many of you are aware that you have a spiritual sacrifice to offer? Right? How many of you came into the house of God not with your hands closed, tight-fisted to the things of your heart and this world, but how many of you came surrendered and open unto God and said, here I am, and I'll do everything that I can to lift up the blessed and precious name of Jesus Christ. I will offer up unto you my spiritual sacrifice. How many of us today truly believe that Jesus is the most precious thing? Did you know that Jesus is worth more than your job? I hear you. But I'm not sure I'm getting it. Do you know most of us can get up and be at work by 7 a.m., but we can't be at God's house when it opens? Wait, wait. What more precious to you? Come on now. Let's be honest. The only way we get right is when we get honest. We talk about all these things we do, and yet we claim that Jesus is more precious to the church than anything else. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is more precious than anything else to this church, it will be a church that is focused on him. No one else. No thing else. If Jesus is not at the head of the church, it ain't really a church. It's a cult. It's an assembly of believers that are misguided in their understanding of truth because apart from Jesus Christ, it is not a church. You can call it whatever you want to. But the church of Jesus Christ believes that Jesus is most precious. Jesus Christ is more important than, than having a pastor, right, that, that, that's graduated from, from some big seminary. Jesus Christ is more important than having some of the finest singers that have ever been heard. 
Jesus Christ is more important. Let me tell you something. If Jesus doesn't come into this building, everything you do and everything you say doesn't mean a thing. It was of no value to me if the Lamb of God is not here. The church ought to be the place where Jesus is valued most. You say, Pastor, Jesus means the most to me. Then why ain't you worshiping him? Oh, he said, let's get rid of all this malice and hypocrisies and evil speakings. How about we just get honest about what's most precious? He said, number one, I'll tell you right now, God considers Jesus Christ the most precious. That sets the bar, right? That establishes what the church should set as most precious, and that's Christ. When we come in here, when we come into the house of God, and I sure do appreciate we get to come three times a week. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Say what you want to. I like three. I'd take five or seven. Because I like it. You know why? Because I believe Jesus is here when we get here. He comes with us. And I believe there's a bunch of people that happen to value him more than they do. The sorry stuff of this world, everything that goes on in the lives that keep you from serving God, that in that conflict of heart that you're having right now, trying to convince yourself that Jesus Christ is the most important thing and person in your life. May I say to you today, you got to live it for it to be true. The most important thing to the church is Christ. Some people think that the church is about a preacher. It's a sad commentary on the church. If that church itself is defined only by its pastor. You hearing me? Only by its pastor. I am full aware that I have 100% responsibility as the pastor of this church, to live godly. Lest the name of Christ become a reproach for you. I understand that. I understand that people, not just you people, I understand that people all in this community and all around this county, watch me. They're just waiting on me to fall. I get that part. But this church... Should not, and I pray to God, is never defined by who stands behind that pulpit. Because it ain't about. <laughs> it ain't about a pastor. Never. Oh, God. You see, it's got to be about Jesus. Some of you disillusioned, poor, pitiful people may have walked in here this morning thinking more of me than you should. Now, you ought to preach like that. You're going to lose everybody. Uh-uh. You hear me right now. If you walked into this church and you was excited to hear Tommy Boren preach, I pray to God you repent of that sin. It's sin. There ain't but one worthy. There ain't but one worthy. But truth be told, if I could hide behind this thing and you never see me, you'd be better off. 
Because this church is not about a pastor. It is not about the best song leader in the county. It's not about grand musicians. It's not about a people that can sing like birds all throughout. It ain't about a history of 90 years in a community. It's about Jesus today. It's got to be about Jesus because he alone is precious. I said, well, I go to that church because old Tommy Boring, he's a good preacher. Number one, you got low standards. But number two, you are disillusioned to who this is about. Because if you come to this church and I give you that impression, I pray to God he strips me to the place that I repent and make it right with you. Because here is the truth. He must be lifted up while I decrease. Only Christ is precious. There is none greater than Christ. He is to be worshipped and praised and served in this place. And once we get that part done, all the other stuff will work out. You'll love me and I'll love you and you'll forgive me and I'll forgive you and we'll carry on as church people ought to do. But it ought to be because Jesus Christ is precious to this church. Christ. He said, we've made a, made a spiritual house out of you, lively stones, properly fitted into the places where they each are supposed to be. I don't believe you're here by accident this morning. I believe the orchestrator of all spiritual things was involved, amen, in you warming a bench this morning. I believe that God in heaven, far beyond what a little man has ever thought of, or ever, ever, ever even wondered in my heart he could do. I believe he's doing things greater than that right now among us. You say, how come? Because he's precious. Because <laughs> he can. He, see, is the reason that we have gathered today. He alone, for he is precious to God and he's precious to this church. He is precious to this church. But look at verse number seven. As we close, verse number seven. Not only is he precious to God and not only is the church of Jesus Christ to have him foremost and exalted. I love the first thing that when you walk in this church from the back at least, when you come in, you, you can't see it on the video if you're watching it, but, but the first thing you see is that giant cross right in the middle and lifted up. I think that, that, that's one of the most profound statements. And I hope it remains preeminent here just as a structural matter. But, but that cross says something. Number one, it, it, it's as high as it can go. And number two, it's in the center. And it should have everybody's attention that what we have come to do is to worship the one that went to the cross and bore your sin and died for you and then rose again. We live today as living stones, witnesses to Christ himself, proving to the world that he is more precious. Is he more precious to you? Verse number seven, let me read it. Unto you, therefore, which believe. 
All right? Now, I'm going to take a little inventory today. Mind you, I'm not counting. But how many here today believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You've accepted him into your heart as your personal Savior, and you have a testimony today that you are born again. You've been to the baptismal waters. Your name's on a church book. Yep. But more than that, you have a testimony that Jesus Christ came into you one day. Right? Not 10 different times, but you know when it happened and that it happened. Unto you, therefore, who believe. What does he say? He is precious. I believe that. I see it. I see it in you folks. I see it when you're worshiping. Right? You ain't looking around to see who's looking at you. Right? Your eyes are somewhere else. They look. They looking towards something else. I believe that some of you have come today because he's precious. That he's more important than maybe a little more rest today. He's more precious than that. He's more important than maybe the leisure that you might find in the mountains or on the lake or doing something else. He's more precious than that. He's more precious than than nursing whatever ill you might have today, knowing you'll have a different one next week. He's more precious than all of that. Unto you that believe, he is precious. You say, preacher, what in the world... Are you trying to get to it? Let me tell you something. If you ever get born again, he'll become precious to you. I'm, I'm not in any way. I'm not sending out an indictment this morning for somebody sitting here that's lost. Listen, you can't fuss at a blind man for not being able to see the tree. They can't see. But to you that can, there is an expectation that he is more precious than anything in your life. He is. He is. I believe there's some of you today would quit your jobs right now if God said quit your job. I ain't hear no amens, but I'm telling you, I believe some of you would do that. You know why? Because he's precious. Now, I thought of a thousand things to say and preach a different message this morning about why he's precious. Holy Spirit kept reeling me in and said, huh, I ain't what I told you. I said, tell him he is precious. Right, you could go on and on. I know you could. You you people have been saved a long time. You could talk for an hour or more about how precious Jesus is, and you could tell me why, 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 why. But you're never going to love him until you believe in him. You're never going to know that Christ is so precious until you get born again. You want to know the problem that so many people can't really serve God? The problem is is a lot of them don't know him yet. He's just not precious. When something is more precious to you than anything else, come get a song. When something to you is more precious than anything else in this world, guess what? It'll supersede. It'll trump everything else you do. 
Preacher, you're, you're telling me that somehow or another when people get born again, they sell out to Christ 100%. I am. I absolutely am saying that. I'm also saying that there's no middle ground. He's not half precious. Can't have half precious, right? Disnulls the meaning of the word. Either he's of the greatest value or he's not. You can't have a half-precious Jesus. But a lot of people are living as if he's half-precious, right? Because they put some other stuff up there with him. Let me be clear to you this morning. Don't, don't be fooled by this. He ain't up there. If you put something up there with him, he left. He will have no, where's our commandments? He will have no other God's before him. Either he's the most precious in your life or you have put God second place or third or fourth or fifth. And to them which believe, he is precious. He is precious. Made me think of that song, Sister Donna. I, I couldn't help not think of Jesus is precious. He is so precious. I believe there's a bunch of you here this morning that your testimony is that Jesus Christ is more precious to me than anything in this world. It's more precious than my job, more precious than my family, it's more precious than my home, my vehicle, my critters, whatever it is that you put value in. You're here making a statement this morning and saying, Pastor Jesus is more precious than anything else in this world. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. The Bible said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Anybody know who the righteousness of God is? He's a person. That's Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is Jesus and all these other things, he said, will be added unto you. You ain't going to worry about those. You just keep the most important, the most precious thing in your life, Jesus. John the Baptist certainly believed it. <laughs> he saw him. He said, behold, <laughs> the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. That's him right there. That's him. They asked him one time, said, are you him? He said, uh-uh. He said, no, he said, I'm a four, he said, I'm first. He said, but he's coming. He said, and when he comes, he said, I want you to know that when he comes, I must decrease while he increases. He said, by the way, I ain't even worthy to get down and unlatch his shoes. That's how precious he is. There's a woman walked into an assembly of arrogant, pharisaical men one day, and she brought a little box with her. And she broke that thing and she began to pour that, that, that ointment on Jesus. You know why she did that? Because he was more precious than their ridicule and their sour looks. I believe if he asked of you some this morning, and said, I need you to go another mile. 
I know I've asked you to go one, but I'm going to ask you to go two. I believe if he told you that this morning, I believe there's some in here that said, I'll go. I'll go. I wish I could get you to see my heart. But I want you to know he's precious to me. Bothers me when they talk about him. Bothers me when they use his name in vain. Bothers me when I see in this world the wickedness and all of it is against one person. Their battle ain't against me. I'm collateral damage. Their battle is against Christ. The one they hate is the one I love. And you cannot repair that conflict lest they start loving him too. I ain't coming over to their side. I've done made my statement. I love Jesus. And he is precious to me. And regardless of what that costs me, I will not recant. Jesus is precious to me. I just want to know if he's precious to you today. What's in the way of your relationship with Christ? And why is he not the most precious thing to you anymore? What's happened? It happens. All of us have been there. And all of us have had to repent and come back to that simple place where Christ is everything. Christ is all and in all. He is precious. So we stand to sing this morning if you need him. Would you come? I'll ask you to come this morning and call on God. Don't miss this opportunity for him. I believe he's been wooing someone. I believe he's been calling.